Well, tons. Mr. So Many Good Dad Jokes, we are live currently. Right awesome. now. Right now. Awesome. So this instant. My, I can start my dad jokes now, huh? You can just start dad jokes. Fine. This is not my one I'm going to use, but I've got a good one. Why does a duck have tail feathers? Oh, I don't know. Why does a duck have tail feathers? To cover its butt quack. Oh, gosh. I thought you said you had good dad jokes. See, you you tried. You sincerely tried and could not stop the laugh. That's how good the joke is. Yeah, you got me. You got me. Oh, geez. That was bad. That was I've terrible. got another one you like even better. Oh, please do. Okay, fine. Please do. Hey, real quick. Welcome to Newsworthy, everybody. Not bad. <laughs> yes, not bad dad joke day. Welcome to Newsworthy. All right. Now, please say your bad dad joke. Why did the, Bill Clinton? Why can't I speak? Yeah. We know what you Easy for you to say. Why did your hero, Bill Clinton, wear silk boxer shorts? Oh, jeez. Why? To keep his ankles warm. <laughs> now that's a true belly laugh right there. Ooh, that was good. That was, that was welcome everyone. Excellent. I like that. To yet another episode. You know, we uh we've been doing something for the last few months that we call rapid fire. Uh, we come up with that name, I think, spur of the moment. And uh we got to looking at the numbers and wondering if it was good and yeah, exactly. That wine's so good. <laughs> We are back to our Stella Rosa, the one that we love. We, we experiment with some others, but we always come back to Stella Rosa. Anyway, it's we'll come back to the wine in a second. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, but the rapid fire, we didn't really like the name. And from looking at the stats, it didn't do a lot, which it kind of made sense because for people who follow us, they might listen to it no matter what. But for people that are searching for something to listen to, when they see a topic named rapid fire, I, it doesn't really tell them anything. So w we thought about it. Uh, and then when you consider our obviously extremely high. YouTube recently, I know you are very clever. When you consider our extremely high journalistic standards as evidenced by that exchange right there. And from what I'm hearing, our soon to be award winning show, or at least that's a talk around the water cooler at all the local massage parlors, according to Steve anyway. It's not that I would know. Uh, we've decided to rename Rapid Fire, and we have decided to go with the monthly news headlines after much thought and consideration. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to rename Rapid Fire. It's now going to be monthly news headlines. And to give you an idea, now, well, well, we'll go into that in a minute. I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I will say this. The very first uh topic that we go over is going to give you an idea of exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about the high journalistic standards and probably going to be award-winning show. Uh, you are talking about Newsworthy, right? Yes, we are. Okay, good, good, because after my stupid phone <laughs> debate, I don't know what those high journalistic standards are yet. But <laughs> We also said that the, all the masseuse at the local massage parlor said we're probably going to be award-winning shows soon, right? I I would agree with that. There you go. Uh, uh, you know, I heard that on the uh, street, if you will. Okay. Um, that, uh, also, sliding lower. We went from massage parlors no, to no, street. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Hey, first of all, what do you got in your hand right there? We got... 
We already mentioned it. Stella Rosa, black, cold. The good stuff. The good stuff. Like, I don't think there's a better wine out there. I really don't. Hard to beat it. That's for sure. (laughs) And uh, anyway, so we've done that thanks to you guys. We've hit another milestone. Um, In fact, we're already halfway to the next milestone. Um, 850 plus downloads. But here's something, Jerry, that I don't know that you're aware of. And what is that? In Kentucky, which is where we're located, Central Kentucky, we come from uh, competitive stock, right? Very much so. Uh, We compete basketball. We compete football. We compete with whatever. It doesn't matter. We're throwing money down, competing on something every day. And I am disappointed to say that even though we have blew past our last milestone, just blew through the state of Kentucky is second in the number of newsworthy downloads this month. Second. But I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. Nope. Um, again, we're talking about for this month. We're only a few days into the month. Secondly, we have done enough shows. Today, this was is show 18, 19, I think. Yep. Um, that if someone from wherever... Kentucky, Georgia, in this case, I believe it's Georgia, decides that they happen to come across and listen to one of us and then want to catch up. There's enough episodes out there that if they download the majority of those, maybe just download it so they can listen to them later, that that will severely skew the number of downloads from a particular state, at least in the first few days of of the month. So I'm not losing faith in our Kentucky listeners. Well, they're only down by a couple. And if we're going to be down to somebody, let's be down to Georgia. Georgia has really ramped up. We've got a couple or a few good, solid, quality listeners down there. Uh, and, and it's just a beautiful state. From Tybee Island all the way to – I just can't say enough pretty things about Georgia. I love it. Um, Tennessee as well. Um, California is still a big state for us. <laughs> We have no idea why. No idea why. New York. Um, But But we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I am still working very diligently behind the scenes uh, to get Stella Rosa to sponsor Sponsor. our show. Because that would be so awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? Even if they don't pay us, they just send us a bottle. Well, uh, bring us a bottle. They can't ship wine to Kentucky because we're an archaic state and we don't ship wine. Isn't that stupid? It is stupid, but uh, yeah. They I get, think it actually can be shipped here. It can't be purchased and shipped. No, it, can't it, can, be, be it can be shipped out. It can't be shipped in. Even with I've the shipped, gift. I've shipped wine out. You just can't ship it in. Didn't know that. I knew it couldn't be bought and shipped in. It act, not only sh- can't be shipped in, it can't be shipped in the state, meaning you can't buy from Lexington, Kentucky, and have it delivered here. Right. Absolutely correct. And it's not like we're some religious state doing this for religious reasons. What are the two biggest things this state is known for? Uh, Thoroughbreds and bourbon. Yeah. So it's not like that we're saying, you know, we've got religious problems with alcohol. No, we're proudly advertise ourselves as the, the bourbon capital of the world. So don't think I quite get that. When I first moved to Lawrenceburg, um, when you want Lawrenceburg, we have uh, two, soon to be three, uh, 
bourbon distillers right here in one county. We have Four Roses, uh, which is a small batch uh, distiller, and we have Wild Turkey. All the Wild Turkey in the world is made right here. But when you come in Lawrenceburg from uh, the south, you go around this bridge. We also have the only S-curb suspension bridge in east of the Mississippi here, which another thing that if you ever come visit is really kind of cool. Tyrone Bridge. It's from the east, not the yeah. south. Oh, is it the east? Yeah. <sighs> Toward Lexington. Whatever. Anyway, um, east. they used to have a huge billboard. And, and that billboard, I just loved. And I don't drink bourbon. I, I think it's gross. <laughs> I think it's just gross. But the billboard always used to say, it always made me feel like home for some reason. It said, bourbon lovers, welcome to paradise. And when I saw that, I knew I was home and it was just good stuff. So I don't know why I brought that up. That's way off, of course, isn't it? No, really. That's pretty much what we do, isn't it? What town bills itself as the bourbon capital of the world? I would think Frankfurt. Bardstown. Bardstown or Frankfurt. Bardstown. They both have like three or four. I mean, Jim Beam is all bottled for the most part in, in Frankfurt. If I remember correctly, it is 30, 31%, 32%. Bourbon has to be stored for so long, to digress for a second. I think, uh, is it a year minimum, I believe? And normally it's even longer than that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's... 30, 31, 32% of all the bourbon in the world is currently being stored in Nelson County, I think it is, oh, Lawrence sure. County in that county. I'm sure. I know we have enough bourbon in Kentucky that every human in the United States has like five barrels <laughs> sitting in Kentucky waiting to be drank. There is <laughs> hope for America. <laughs> there is hope for America. And yeah. I'm like you, I don't even drink the crap. I don't like it either. I just don't. So, um, how was your week? Week was awesome. Um, Good very day. awesome. Now, now, is that because you were busy, had a productive week, or because we're getting closer and closer to your cruise? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Amazing yes. how that always helps, right? Well, I think I've got, I think, I think this is what it is. I have decided I'm going to book a cruise every month for the rest of the year. There you go. And because as soon as I booked the cruise, I got so busy, so, so busy, um, and have been pff, since. Um, so I like it. What I haven't liked, and I'm going to diverge before we get into our topics today. I got, I got something to say. I even talked to you about this. Also, Real quick, before I get into that, which is a diversion of what we're going to be talking about, um, Jerry introduced me to tiramisu cake today. Delicious. Now a fan. Well, now definitely a fan. So if you hear me, you know, munching in a minute, it's Jerry's fault. So I'm sure you've seen, heard, or at least caught snippets of the Joe Biden speech that made the news sure. everywhere this week. Sure. And I'm on the fence. Okay. It's either the singular worst speech I've ever heard Work? a sitting president what make, or, or, or it's the absolute best. Okay. Um, and here's what I mean. For either one, yeah, please, please explain. Okay, so from 
his perspective as the sitting president. Right. Um, worst meaning, you just called 70 million Americans enemies of the state. No. Yeah. Sure. No, and we can we can debate that all you want. He when I watch the stream, MAGA, no, people. no. So every person who voted for Donald Trump or Republicans was not extremists who believe in supporting. See, me, you got those Trump. words crossed because when he, the way he, it was said, in my view, was that if you considered yourself a MAGA Republican or if you decided to vote for Donald Trump and not vote for him, then you right. were definitely extremist. That's how I took it. Now, yeah. we can just what, we can be extreme different. wasn't used. Are you saying that? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that where the word and how the word was used goes a long way. So from your presidential perspective, you just fired up the already fired up Republicans that can definitely unseat you so in two years. The worst. worst case scenario. Best. Best case scenario, um, <laughs> you literally just sunk the Republican Party because you fired up the MAGA conservatives. <laughs> because yes, there's a very big happened. part of the Republican Party that wants no part of Donald Trump. Huge. 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 So if you get those people that are all fired up versus the other people, those people can't alone beat you. I've read a couple of articles Hey, Double, welcome in, Double Infinity. Welcome, Double Infinity. I read a couple of articles saying the uh, agreeing with the latter part of what you just said, that they believe that there is a ton of GOP candidates who have absolutely, totally distanced themselves from Trump. Several have even went so far as to say that they never mentioned his name. They want the midterm elections to be about the GOP, about the lack of what the the Democrats have done since, which, which is fair to say, right? When you control the White House and you control the Senate and you control the House, and the biggest thing you can claim to have done is to run inflation through the roof, there's a lot to be said for the other party taking power. It will almost always happen. But many people think that this was an attempt to make this a referendum on whether or not it's going to be about Donald Trump. And he tried to apparently, according to several people, bring Donald Trump back into the forefront. I, okay. Now, I only said that partially in jest and partially because I thought that. But whoever. Which one? Both. And here's why. Whoever is controlling our sitting president, because he's obviously not controlling himself. <laughs> I've seen a couple of speeches since, and he don't even remember saying what he said. So... <laughs> Uh, at least it's what he said, if that makes sense. But, so, the optics of that speech were horrible. No, who, who, no you right. don't think so? No, no, I have so many, so many people on the right, the GOP, Ugh. are trying to say this is hugely divisive. Oh, I, I think I, I, am, I find myself very much in that camp. Anyone who says that, that did not criticize Donald Trump for the exact same thing for four solid years is the biggest hypocrite of ever. You're talking about life. the Marines. I'm talking about the people who says that his speech was divisive. Oh. If you say that and you didn't criticize Donald Trump for four consecutive years, you're the biggest hypocrite I've ever met. I did. You did what? I criticized Trump for that exact same thing. Then, then you're not a hypocrite. My, right. I don't have anybody. I'm not even talking about. Calling it divisive, I'm talking divisive. about the the whole 
of the speech, the colors that we, the blood red that CNN tried to make pink halfway through the speech because they realized that looks really bad. <laughs> what was blood red? The lighting and the, the, the curtains or whatever that was behind. Just the, the whole optics of it. The whole, here, I, I'm, I'm yelling at him for waving his arms and what am I doing? I'm waving my arms. <laughs> but the whole arm waving thing, it was... It was very open. open that. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just a very ill speech. It was bad from the very from my perspective. It was a terrible speech. I disagree. I thought it was very divisive. I thought Trump's speeches were divisive. I thought this was very divisive. Even worse than Hillary Clinton's basket of deplorables. How many ever years well, ago that was? First of all. You can't. If you did criticize Trump for being divisive, fine. At least you're not being hypocritical. Well, you know I did. But there is many people who are now talking about how divisive this speech was, and I have never, ever heard them people say the same thing before. Donald Trump was far and away the most divisive speaking, not only Still president, is. politician we've ever had, ever. Well, that, so, well, that's not fair, Jerry. Well, Just because he was president does not mean he was a politician. That's one of the things that make him so popular. Well, he was a politician, period. You can't hold elected office and not be a politician. I understand that a lot of people, semantics. one of the reasons, no, it's not semantics. <laughs> a politician is someone who holds political office. Period. That's the definition. So you can't say that the president of the United States is not a political office. He was a politician. Now, he wasn't a career politician. I get what a lot of people mean when they say that he's not a politician. A lot of people also say he's not a polished politician. And I've always agreed and went a little bit further and said he's not even a polished human being. But hey, <laughs> I don't disagree with that either. Don't disagree with any of that. I'm just saying that this speech fired me up. And I'm not even sure it fired me up for Donald Trump. It just fired me up because my president just said, because I have supported, I, I don't support him, which I don't. He didn't say that. Implied. No, he didn't imply that. Well, you and I disagree, or we heard this. You need to we heard realistic. He different specifically speeches. said, not just Republicans, but extreme Republicans. And he defined that by saying people who supported violence, people who supported January 6th. That's the people that he's talking about. I, well, I, I, you and I are just going to have to agree to disagree on that. Well, because, we, we can disagree on the facts all we want, but the facts still remain the facts. Well, no. You, 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 I'll, I'll, I'm going to take my president's club. You take your president's club. We'll just go from well, there. Well, neither one of us like either one of these guys. We don't. We don't. But we would both prefer to have a conservative person, especially when it comes to physical policy. We would strongly prefer to have someone that is very conservative, and hopefully we can get that. Yeah, at some point, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. You're right. We've become so politicized. It's, yeah. It's hard to know where we're headed. But anyway, are we ready to start? Uh, yes. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier about that. Please, uh, Double's here with us now. Go ahead and, and, and tell about the name change again, because I totally butchered that first half, and I apologize. Okay. <laughs> um, for the last, what, two, three, four months? Yeah. Once a month, we've been doing a show titled Rapid Fire. We, uh, I don't even know for sure where we come up with that name. It was spur of the moment. We just kind of went with it originally and stuck with it. But due to our obviously high journalistic standards, cough, cough, 
and soon to be award-winning show. At least that's the talk around the water cooler, all the local massage parlors, according to Steve. It's not that I would know. Uh, <laughs> we have decided to rename the show, and it is will now be known. The one, once a month deal will now be known as simply the monthly news headlines. And I'll give you a, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, we, we, we wrestled around with not doing the show. We did. And then we talked about it, and we're like, well, we both actually love doing this show. It's one of it our fun. funnest shows, you know, because the back and forth is a lot more. It, it takes up uh, – it's just – it's a lot of fun to do this show. And there were so many things that we come across that were interesting but not nearly big enough to do a full show on. Now we had a way to bring them in at least for a minute or two yeah. and talk about it. To give you an idea of the uh, – very high journalistic standards that we're talking about. I think nothing will emphasize or show that better than the very first one we're going to cover. As I'm sure many of you well know, Rob Gronkowski set a Guinness World Record by catching a football dropped 600 feet from a helicopter last year. He did this on a return trip to his alma mater, Arizona State. He and his former Patriots teammate, Teddy Bruschi, were serving as the honorary coaches for Arizona State that weekend. Well, sadly, that record was broken last week. A former professional Australian rules football player caught a football drop from 728 feet. Now, where else are you going to hear news like that? <laughs> CNN, Fox, ABC? See, no, I don't think so. No, you're right. Only... On this In fact, one. it is so obscure. This is the first time I've heard about it. <laughs> Either one? You haven't heard about Gronkowski setting the record? I, I may have picked up something about Gronkowski, but you know, when you're a, when you're an Australian footballer, you don't really get the news lines that much. <laughs> It'd be almost like us talking about you know soccer of any sort. Seven hundred twenty-eight freaking feet. That's a long deal. That's two football fields stood on end. <sighs> Yeah, that's crazy. Interesting tidbit. It is. It is. And again, something that only you, will you hear covered at somewhere like Newsworthy. Uh, yeah, I, I like that, Jerry. Yeah. Very innovative. Hey, you're on your game today. You're wrong about Joe Biden's speech, but you're on your game about everything else. I'm not a Joe Biden fan at all. Don't like the guy at all. But I'm just telling you that the people who are saying he tried to, it's the GOP that's trying to piss all the base off. They're trying to use, they are trying to use this to fire up the base by saying he insulted everyone that voted for him. Listen to what he said. Listen to the speech. I did. I did twice. I, I, I feel very assaulted. Then apparently you don't think the word extreme has a meaning. Because I, when he talks about extreme MAGA voters, you took that personal? You consider yourself an extreme MAGA voter? No. You didn't even vote I, for Trump last time. I haven't voted for Trump at all, ever. Good. Never has got my vote. So, Monthly news headlines. We already started with one that really had no idea that was out there <laughs> at all. But I bet you didn't know, Jerry, that, you know, I got a new puppy a little while ago. I didn't know that. Now, she's part wolf, so we think. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, she is part wolf. But okay. I've been working really hard on two things with her. Potty Not training. Potty training and meditation. The potty training's not going so well, but the meditation is. She's now my pet, a werewolf. Jeez, OP. Nothing? Nothing? Pet, a werewolf. Really? 
Oh my goodness. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, uh, oh no, what double? Double did the whole face thing. That's, that, that hurts. That hurts bad. His joke earlier, all of them were terrible. No. You'll need to read those. Those weren't even my real, my real joke. Yeah, well, they were still bad. No. Yeah. I, I, I have decided. Here's my bad. real one. Okay. What do you call James Bond in a bathtub? What? Bubble 07. You know you love it. Mm-mm. Go in the No. Bite that lip. You got to bite that lip. To- <laughs> no. That's just so bad. Bubble 07. That's bad. That makes me want to come up with my very first topic. <laughs> oh, Bubble 07 does not get a, uh, I see how you are. I see. It doesn't get a face palm. That should get a face palm. Please tell me that's face uh, palm. That's a good one up there now. Ah, no, that's just bad, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So after such a horrible joke attempt, I'm going to go ahead and start with my first topic. Um. So, a study was recently released that showed the top 50 depressed states in the nation. Cities. (laughs) Cities. (laughs) Say that's all of them. (laughs) I was wondering if this was yet another poor dad joke or what. Oh, no. The top five or the top 50 depressed Cities. cities in the nation. Unfortunately, Kentucky has two of those. That's it. Yeah, it is. Um, Ashland comes in at number five. Um, and Louisville comes in on number 28, which actually I can almost understand. Um, Louisville is a very vibrant city and, and it's a big city. It has easy access to mental health facilities and I'm a little concerned about why Louisville is there's I, maybe it's inherently, I didn't go through the whole list to see what size cities are typically in this list, but Ashland's not on there. I mean, it's nowhere Pretty near. Small. It's very small. Um, the, uh, top number one and number two, number one, I actually get, um, Billings, Montana, very rural, very, probably not very good access to mental health care or or caring facilities. And the second one, number two is Kingsport, Tennessee, which go figure, you know, these are tri city area. Yeah. Just weird. I, I don't know. And this was done by BSI, and one of the things that I, I took away from, and we may want to develop that into a full show at some point, is part of the reason I brought it up. Uh, but it says, and I didn't realize this, 4.7% of the entire American population uh, has, is, or is currently battling some sort of depression. That's a lot of people. That it is. You're talking about 5% of 370 million people. That's a lot of people. So, anyway, that was my first topic. 5%. 5%. No, that's adults. It's not kids. The, the kids' numbers are even higher, believe it or not. The teens and the preteens. And that's treated. They're, they're under some sort of treatment. That doesn't include all the ones that aren't treated. Dang. So, kind of a scary, scary topic. But your dad joke kind of would, you know, if we, we start getting into some of these rural communities, we're going to have to screen your dad jokes so they're not so sad. No. Bad. I just wonder what your definition of, what was the term? Mentally ill? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wonder what their definition of that is. And back to the cities, like you said, I would like to know what their minimum um uh, 
population would be to be considered. I would also like to know how they determine that. What criteria are they looking at? I'm sure things like suicide rate would be huge, and it should be, I would think. Uh, well, probably also looking at... There was a whole four-page article, uh, but this isn't a show about articles. This is a show about headlines. Yeah. <laughs> another, um, for the next topic, another topic that is certainly you're only going to hear on somewhere like Newsworthy. Firefighters recently rescued a cow with its head stuck in a tree. In the United Kingdom, they found a cow in a sticky situation. It had got its head wedged into a tree. I need some more now, wine. if this is not a truly holy cow moment, <laughs> by the way, it occurred in the UK village of Bolton in Hampshire. Uh, I do have a URL that I'll be putting up because I'm sure everyone's going to think I just made that up. No, no, it actually happened. And once again, only something you're going to hear. So the cow is unable to move. Exactly. (laughs) Trying to write his own dad jokes now. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, so... Oh, man. So, I guess it behooves me to go ahead with the next topic, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You crack yourself up, don't you? I do sometimes. Okay. So, it would be remiss of me to not let everybody know who listens to our show. We are huge NFL fans. Big time. Tomorrow, the NFL season starts. Woohoo! So excited about that. Day one. Um, but that's not what I want to chat about right now. I want to chat about what's coming up Saturday. Now, Saturday, I'm going to be on the road most of the day. But Saturday, for all our fans down in Florida, <laughs> we apologize. You take care of our guys down there even after they stomp you guys into a mud hole. Just saying. I, I just had to throw in UK football. Because, you know, I am a huge UK football fan. I don't give a hoot about UK basketball. So when Calipari starts talking about we're a basketball school, that makes me happy that Stoop says, ah, 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 no, sir. We've been winning championships over here. So No, no they haven't. Well, they will be. They have not. They will be in the history we'll of UK football. Games. We'll be winning bowl a championship. Games. You don't think it's possible? Do I think it's possible? I mean, miracles happen. You know, I believe nah. the Bible. So yes, I believe in miracles. I believe it will absolutely take one for UK football to win a championship. You just, you just, you just reach down there beside you. You buckle that seatbelt up because we're coming this I've year. I've had that seatbelt buckle since the mid '80s during the Frank Kersey days, when the common chant. In the UK stadium, <laughs> fans was or, up the middle, up the middle, up the middle punt. That was the same one at the, my high school in Harrison County oh, too. We it? did the same thing. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> well, they weren't known for football. Harrison County was known for baseball. That's oh, what yeah. they excel. Baseball, big time. Big. So, time. was that your topic? Well, it was going to be, but that was just. I'm just throwing it out there because okay. you know. So last week, I don't want to do. This. 
We have we just so everybody knows, we do a, we each pick like 15, 20 things somewhere in that ballpark, and there ain't no hey Kevin, welcome to the show. Uh, I never get anywhere near through our list. You never do. So I'm trying to pick the better ones that we can actually. If you want the better ones here, I'll you can have my list. Oh, we we've already talked about your two of your list: a football from heaven and <laughs> a freaking cow stuck in a tree. Exactly. <laughs> what else could one want? Okay, so this is the one I'm going to pick for now. Um, does it concern you that our ally India, which we've been allied with for several years, uh, not several, a close ally, not a close ally, but we are, you know, <laughs> yeah. between them and Pakistan, who are always buttonheads, sure. we, we would go with India. We would go with India. Have started doing joint tactical operations with Russia on Russian soil. Um, and that just started this last week. Sure. That concerns me a lot. What concerns me even more is probably how close Turkey and Russia has gotten in the last Iran and Turkey or Iran and Russia. Iran as well. Although Iran was always pretty close, closely allied. Turkey was one that really surprised me. India somewhat. We've been pretty good friends with Turkey for quite a while. And with a lot of the things that their prime minister has been saying, he, he recently, I think it was yesterday, I saw that he said, not about the United States, but about Europe, uh, he said that Europe is reaping what they sowed with their high energy prices by denouncing Putin and Russia in their invasion of Ukraine. Really? I mean, he's really surprised me. He was, a, I thought, a much closer ally of ours than India. But uh, he's certainly turned his back to on. To kind of, one of the things that, and I'm just going to throw it in there. I don't mean to jump ahead of You're you. Fine. But one of the things I have on my list kind of stems from what we talked about a little bit last week when we left all our equipment over in Iraq and we just, or Afghanistan, we just bailed. Not all, but a bunch. A bunch. Um, That's also and, quite common in most wars. Yeah. There's a ton and, of stuff to get to like that. Uh, in was it how long ago was it that we Iran knocked down a couple of our drones? Anyway, the drones that were that Iran is currently sending to Russia, which are having all kinds of problems, they're not doing very well, but are direct copies of the ones that we left and got and lost to Iran. That's that's kind of a really uh. When you see that, and I forget, was it Predator? Is it the, the Predator drones? You know, that's a very distinct shape. <laughs> and that's a shape that I was like, wait, that looks really familiar to me. And then I got to reading, and it, it, they have reverse engineered all of that stuff to build their own, and that's what they're sending to Russia. That's a danger against the rape. During war, you know. Yeah. And you also read this week that supposedly Russia is buying tons of military equipment from North Korea. Yeah, I can believe that. I don't know why they would, unless because it, <laughs> it's all outdated, I guess. So was theirs. But right. the idea was that between the worldwide shortage of chips and the uh, effectiveness of the blockade that we have against Russia and their inability to import a lot of things they need, that they have drastic shortages on a lot of military hardware. And they were doing this simply because they're running out of certain items. Now, North Korea also sent, what, a battalion? of troops which i read something that yeah they think it might have happened which i i don't get that at all i really don't the one thing russia 
is not in short supply of his manpower. Yeah. They've got plenty of people. So who knows? Well, and I can't imagine any of the North Korean army ever wanting to go back to North Korea after they're pretty sent recent. out. Anywhere. Anywhere. You know, if they got sent to Vietnam, they'd want to stay in Vietnam. <laughs> yep. I just can't imagine them ever wanting to go back to where they're having to eat bugs for their dinner. Yeah, really. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. You're fine. Next topic, sir. Mike will certainly love this one. A man who stole a plane in Tupelo, Mississippi. I know. Me and stolen planes, right? This guy called the police department and threatened to crash it into the local Walmart. Oh, my gosh. I saw this. It turns out that he was a worker at an airport. He stole a twin-engine plane Saturday evening, threatened to crash it into the Walmart before he eventually landed in a field. I just, what is it with people stealing planes lately? I don't know what, you know. How can you imagine a scenario where that's going to go well? How bad, I guess this goes back to your original topic, how depressed do you have to be? to think, you know, I may get 15, 20 years of prison out of this, but it's worth it for me to steal a plane and take a short joy ride. Well, I, I, do, I do not understand that because in a small plane, you literally, even if, say you're just by yourself, you only have X number of fuel. And anywhere you go, we can track. They can track you. <laughs> it's not like you're. It's not like you're on a motorcycle and you sneak away into a tunnel yep. and get away from the cops. Hey, how planes work? Just stupid. If you're that desperate, you can go to Groupon and all day long buy a uh, what they call an exploratory flight for like a hundred bucks. Yep. <laughs> no jail time required. They let you fly the plane. <laughs> yep. I don't get it. Kevin writes a good thing talking back about Russia. He says, this is a choice we much, must make as American citizens of the United States. We either police the world and hold Russia and her allies at bay, or we take the police of the world approach. If we go to the latter, we can't complain about the defense budget. Don't disagree with that. Um, you and I have long said for a hundred years, we should be more like firefighters, not police. Um, uh, and, and I still believe that today. It's one thing we both strongly agree with Trump on. Get out of every conflict around the world. Yeah, it, unless we have a strategic reason for being there. If we have, you yeah, know, one of our allies. Get out of every. Yeah. There's some that obviously we need to be in, but we don't need to be in every single You're one right, that comes Kevin. along. Yeah, he says that communist countries have no cares whatsoever about their citizens. And it's right. It's one of the reasons that make America so great. Um, we, we tend to do care about our people. Yep. <sighs> I got a lot of war stuff today. Go and I don't it. know why, but it, and I don't know if it's a provocation or, or what the deal is. Um, and the Democrats seem to me that they do this a lot. And I'm sure the Republicans do it too, but maybe that's not announced as much. Do what? As an example, two of our B-52 Strata Fortresses, these jets... <laughs> Old as crap. Old as crap since World War II. Can't can't replace them with anything any better. They've tried a couple of times, and these things just keep, keep going. And other than the stealth bombers, these are our number one nuclear delivery systems other than, you know, um, uh, ICBMs. But we sent two of them, and what did they do? <laughs> they literally just made a leisurely jolt and flew all over Iran and the Middle East. Low enough where everybody can see what it is and say, oh, look at there. 
just as a provocation because of the stuff that Iran has been doing in the we Middle did it East over through. Iranian airspace. The way I understood the article, and yeah, I don't know about that. Um, it might have been close to, but we're not known for that. Uh, and even yeah. occasionally we'll do it. We usually come out with an apology because that's something we get huge on, right? Up in Alaska, when Russia does Russia it all the time, does it to us all the time. But we become very hypocritical if we're turning around and doing the exact same yeah, thing no, to the country. I'm just saying. We're not known for that. So I'd be very surprised if we actually were over their airspace. I'm just so, saying. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'll look it up while you're doing your next topic and we can come back to it. Okay. Did you hear about the shipment of baby wipes that the Customs and Border Control found <laughs> that contained $11.8 million worth of cocaine? What? Baby wipes. These stupid drug lords figure out 1,500 pounds of cocaine in a shipment of baby wipes. Unbelievable. $11.8 million worth of cocaine. I see. I saw an article similar that they were making, um, they were taking cocaine and then they were wrapping it in chicken wire and then wrapping it in like concrete and painting it to look like normal rocks and putting it in the back of trucks. Jeez. But how much expense does it take to get that out? I'll tell you one that I heard about a few years ago. What is the name of that show that was on TV a few years ago? Locked Up Abroad, I think was the name yes. of it. It was about this guy that, uh, don't recall why, but he was being blackmailed by a drug gang, supposedly, to transport cocaine. And this gang had figured out how to turn cocaine into a liquid. They had taken mountain climbing rope, dipped it into the liquid cocaine, and dried it. And he went on to a plane as with these big hiking boots. And he was this, he, he had like 100 feet of rope on his shoulder, soaked in liquid cocaine. And they caught this guy. I don't even hey, know. But dogs. Yeah, had to probably. be dogs. Dogs have such good noses. Yeah. But uh, even, you know, self aware wolves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so, give up back, on that. <laughs> you laughed that time, though. <laughs> because of your insistence to try to do something with that joke. Okay. So, apparently, the, the B 52, which is our best long distance nuclear capable bomber, was in joint training missions with um, uh, Saudi Arabia. They flew over the Eastern Mediterranean, the Arabian Peninsula, and the Red Sea. They were in with they were teaching Kuwaiti and Saudi warplanes uh, escort maneuvers. And, so they were not violating no, the airspace, but they that, were over the Middle East, all over that. The I can East. totally believe, and we probably intentionally flew. Like, we probably intentionally oh, yeah. wanted, we wanted them to, to see, see. Hey, look what we got! But we would never do that if we were violating someone's airspace. No, unless it was a mistake. That, that's and, just not and we don't we don't use the planes that could do that and not we not care you know the SR seventy one yeah listen I got have you ever done any research on the seven SR seventy one sure okay that, that plane's old as crap too it is it's mid sixties when I was a kid wow. in my bedroom they made that out of stone what? <laughs> <laughs> they could look into stone the and, stone and pterodactyl wings what I know hard to believe. <laughs> So, um, real quick, I got to share this story. Sure. Uh, and I forget the guy's name. I apologize. And I'm going to probably butcher his story because I want to do it really quick. Uh, 
when you're in a small airplane, a lot of times your your gauges are off a little bit. So you'll radio to a tower, they'll look you up on radar and tell you your your speed or your knots that you're flying. Well, in California, kind of scary, by the way. When your instruments are so inaccurate, you need to call someone else and ask them how fast am I going? No, it, it, it's more of a you're communicate. It, it when you're a training pilot, it's just something that you can train. You can train with the talking because you have there's a very specific way you have to talk to a tower. Right. Um, so it's a good way of communicating that as well. So don't freak out. Small planes aren't that inaccurate. So anyway, there's a small. The, there's a small uh, Cessna communicating with the tower, bouncing off knot speeds, 160, right? And then, so the pilot and the co-pilot in the SR-71 are in New York, okay? And they're flying toward California. It takes them like an hour and a half, two hours, right? So they're flying, and as they're getting close, they hear the Cessna. Well, not to be undone, the Cessna, there's a bigger... Um, uh, jet like Stephanie used to fly a, a not a passenger jet but a private jet that tries to make the Cessna feel bad and does the same thing. They have no reason to do this. They're just doing it so the Cessna hears them do it. And the tower's like, yeah, you're doing 466 knots or whatever. And then so there's a American Airlines jet above that one that hears that one do it and he does it. And they're like, you know, you're doing 679 knots, whatever. And then, so the pilot, and I, I will find his name and I'll link to it because he's hilarious. He tells his story everywhere he goes. He's one of the few pilots that are still alive that flew the SR-71 Blackbird. He said he was flying with a brand new co-pilot. He had never flown with this guy before. And the co-pilot looks at him and he said, he just kind of smiles <laughs> and chuckles and he hits the key. And he says, you know, whatever he has to say to the tower to, to verify his height and, and his speed. And they come off with some crap like 2,000 <laughs> some miles just to make everybody else below him look bad, except for the Cessna. He was doing it for to, to, to make the Cessna. He tells it in a lot more detail. Hilarious story. Please Google that. Look it up. It's hilarious. So A lot of moral stories go along with that, you know. Yeah. No matter how big a dog you think you are, there's probably a bigger dog out there somewhere. <laughs> there's always a bigger fish. Bigger fish, tougher fish. Yeah. So, go ahead. Just in case you hadn't had enough cocaine stories. <laughs> okay, I'm starting to be concerned with you. Cocaine, hookers, blow. Exactly. Hookers and, and blow. And, That's what and, it's all about. <laughs> hookers and blow. A drug-sniffing dog at a airport in Milan discovered cocaine hidden in a wheelchair. This wheelchair had 13 kilograms, which is almost 30 pounds of cocaine, stuffed into the leather upholstery of a motorized wheelchair, who upon being discovered, the user immediately stood up and was arrested and let out in handcuffs. <laughs> I'm healed! <laughs> it's a miracle. So, yeah, cocaine. I, deal with, those, I, I deal with those every day now. So, Cocaine wheelchairs? Well, I hope they're not cocaine <laughs> wheelchairs, but definitely the wheelchairs. I'm going to start asking I think you're going to need to start taking along a big knife, slice open the upholstery, <laughs> let them know when we're just checking. Oh, man. Okay. So, Jerry, we all know of the two of us, you are definitely 
100% the more environmentally aware of the two of us. You and your beliefs of man-made global warming. And, My beliefs. Yes, your beliefs. Uh, because okay. it, Not the beliefs of 98% of all scientists who have been quoted in articles. But my beliefs. Your okay. beliefs. Yeah, we, we're not going to talk about those guys. They get paid for those I opinions. Understand. You see. I'm with So, have you heard about the Doomsday Glacier? Doom, no, I have not. Okay. Well, I'm going to enlighten you. The Doomsday Please Glacier, be. which is the size of Florida. Rather large. Pretty large. Pretty large. Uh, is hanging on, and I quote, by its fingernails from dumping into the ocean. Scientists uh, say or estimate that when it falls into the ocean, it could single-handedly, I guess if it had hands, raise ocean levels up to 10 feet. That's how big it is. No. No. That's according to CBS. No. From what I've heard, most scientists believe that if all the glaciers thaw that's going to thaw in the next 20 or 30 years it would raise the level of the ocean by a few inches 10 feet and you're talking about entire countries that are underwater listen according to abc news i pulled up a completely different article abc news antarctica's melting doomsday glacier could raise sea levels by 10 feet scientists say the loss of the thwaites Glacier could destabilize the entirety of Western Antarctica. Oh, th- 10 feet is going to cause tsunamis around the world. I, I, I'm just reading what the article says. I think that the author of the article that would be probably Julia had a motorized Jacob wheelchair <laughs> full of cocaine. Full of coke. No, empty of coke because she didn't <laughs> build it all. Well, they have pictures of it, it's pretty big. It's, Ten feet for the entire ocean? It better what be. What it's saying? It's got to be huge. It's what I'm saying. You can look it up. It says it's inching closer, over 2.1 kilometers per year, twice the rate observed by satellite imagery. Uh, that's at the fastest retreating part where it's coming off the ground. That's scary. That's been 11 and 2019. Even ten inches would cause huge amounts of coast. New Orleans and Miami would be in a world of trouble. Oh, gone. They're in trouble. They're gone. They're they're just gone. So you should definitely look this up if you don't believe me, but that is what several articles say. They say it in the truth, right? I just never heard of something that hard. Yeah, double. Ten feet. Check that out. You're going to like this next one. I've liked all of yours so far. Well, they have uh, utterly (laughs) completed me. (laughs) Can't get over the coward, can you? You just cannot get over the cow. Pages for pardons. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Pages for pardons. In Bolivia, inmates can cut jail time by reading. Inmates in Bolivia's overcrowded prisons are now able to reduce their jail time by reading books in a new program that is influenced by one in Brazil that aims to spread literacy and to give hope despite a notoriously slow judicial process. Bolivia does not have a life sentence. They do not even have death penalties. But their pre-trial detentions can last for many years due to a very extremely slow judicial system. So I guess there's good news and bad news. The good news is they found you innocent. Bad news is you died of old age before they got there. 
pages for parties. I think it's a good idea. Now, when you read a little bit closer, they're taking hours, days, and at most a few weeks off the sentence. Uh, if it's a nonviolent offense, I'm all for it. Even if it's a violent offense, if you've got 20 years and somebody, you know, you do certain things and they take two weeks off, so be it. By the way, did you hear about the the uh, teacher in Memphis, Tennessee, that was kidnapped? Yes. Did you hear yesterday, I believe they found her body? Yes. Sad. Very sad. Yeah, you hate that. And that just goes to show you that there are... Very bad people in the world. And the reason that that come to mind was talking about letting violent offenders out early. This guy, when he was 16 or 17 years old, went to prison for kidnapping. I believe it was an attorney or a judge. Uh, Threw him in the trunk of his car, kept him for several hours, let him out, let him drive to a ATM to use the ATM to withdraw cash. And while he was there, a, uh, guard of some type guard that was armed came up and uh, the judge or attorney hollered and screamed for help. The guy ran off uh, the next 20 years in prison. So he had been released. And I, I do think sometimes we release some people too early, too quick, but Holy crap, we have one of the highest rates in the entire world of the highest percentage of people that we have locked up. Yeah. How much taxes are we going to spend to keep more and more and more people? We need we need to do an episode on stupid laws at some point. <laughs> a lot of the drug laws. I don't agree with drugs. I really don't. We've got people. I think we, we told the joke, although I don't think it was a joke. A guy got out of prison in California, yeah. I believe. And he was standing beside the road. And he's like, I just did 20 years for marijuana. He said, I get out and I'm going home, driving home. And here's the billboard that I see and the billboard was advertising a home delivery service for cannabis. Can only imagine how that poor guy felt. Uh, I couldn't imagine. Uh, I, I think, it, I think if, if that's the case and you're in California, Colorado, what, how many, 20 States Several. now it's legal. Several. As soon as it becomes legal, you have to look at your prison system yeah. and says, who's here because of that. Cause it's legal. Now you're out of here. You've done your time. You've done your time. You're out. Congratulations. Yep, okay, I so I got two, Jerry, that I want to cover. Three, four, five, six I want to cover. Okay. Serious? Not serious. Um, let's start with the serious. Okay, serious. Deserve more airtime. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, so there was a report today that said Ukraine has started attacking on three different major fronts and is pushing Russia back. Um. I'm not buying it. Why? I, well, a couple of reasons. First of first reason, we are still in Russia. We we are we are in Ukraine. We're in the Soviet Union. Um, we we is in a, not we the the area we're speaking of. Now, granted, it's not winter there yet, but it's very close. When winter sets in, all that fighting crap's going to slow down tremendously. I can't imagine they're going to be fighting in the winters over there. But Germany, who I think everybody can agree during the uh, Nazi regime, had one of the most innovative, one of the most uh, aggressive, 
and complete militaries in the world at the time. They did. Couldn't even sustain a two-front war, much less a three-front war. In the middle of winter. Understand. Which is what killed them. They did exceptionally well until... All their equipment started freezing up in Russia, basically. I get that. But even the fact of opening up two fronts on a war, a battlefield, severely impedes your ability to work on one front. And they've got three main fronts? I think you're missing the point. A lot of their fronts is nothing but technology given to them by United States, UK, and a few other countries. Right. Uh, They would have folded and fallen long ago if it were not for the technological assistance given to them from other countries. Sure. They're not I, doing I, this under their own power. I don't think they I could. I still think. I think they'd be speaking. Yeah, well, I think they would be a completely under Russian control. By 100%. They, they would have, yeah, the government would have fallen long ago. No doubt. Um, so at what point do you think, and do we just say, hey, we're in a proxy war with Russia? Well, because technically that's what we are. Sure. I'd be. At what point? I think you could have said that back some time ago. We don't have boots on the ground that it is proven or admitted to yet. Uh, But I don't know that it's any different or any less because we are the ones that are probably, when I say we, I'm talking about not just the United States, but the rest of the world that has helped give them a ton of technology. Um, We are the ones that have got them to this point. Like you and I said, they would have probably fallen long ago if it were not for that. Not just probably. Everything that I've read says that they would have had zero chance. Now, I still say that something that we read and talked about a couple of months ago is probably as much or more true today than it was then, that the Russians have decided to play the long game, that they believe, probably rightfully so, that we will grow tired of the war. We will grow tired of sending more and more money. Uh, I think we're already at that point. to hear a lot of complaining. I I think we're already at the money point. Well, you heard that from some people from the very first help that we sent. But I think Russia is probably going to eventually win this war through attrition. Yeah. The rest of the world is going to get tired of it. With 60-year-old North Korean tanks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I just find it very difficult to... You know, and I agree. The only way they're able to do this, we we had just recently, was it two, three months ago, sent over our our biggest howitzers and and the crew to show them how to use them. I mean, that's a that's a big gun that hits yeah. from a long way. <laughs> so I've also heard that we gave them a lot of intelligence. Yeah. We gave them a lot of information about specific longitude and latitude addresses. You remember all the generals that were killed? Sure. We told them where to shoot. We told them where to fire. So here's my question. And and I'm just throwing it out there, devil's advocate. Okay. Okay. Please don't think I'm a Russian sympathizer. At the beginning of this controversy, there was a lot of talk from Putin and his his direct allies that they were going to, much like they talked about Afghanistan during their long conflict with Afghanistan, that Ukraine was a pit of child pornography. It was a pit of child Nazism. Nazism. Blah, blah, blah. What, 